Okay, we're gonna talk just briefly uh, in closing about putting everything together in daily practice, uh, if you will, refining the craft of hermeneutics. So you might be feeling right now like, okay, a lot of information, a lot of rules, guidelines, qualifications, there's a whole system here. Um, that's pretty overwhelming and very discouraging because I feel like I'm being drowned, right? You might feel like that. Well, uh, I can sympathize with you a bit because when I was first uh, sitting in a seminary classroom and learning uh, Greek, one of the first things you have to do is learn a bunch of English grammar. And one of the first things they do is they teach you all these rules and they teach you all these like ways that English works together. And I know how English works. I know how to communicate in English. But I realized at that moment that there were a lot of rules that I knew were working. But because I was not consciously aware of them, learning about them made me feel overwhelmed and like I never learned English before. And so I felt very discouraged at that moment. But one of the things I want to encourage you in is with hermeneutics, very much like language, a lot of these things are intuitively true and you pick them up just by using them frequently and being around people who employ them regularly. So if you regularly um, sit under sound biblical expository preaching, chances are a lot of these things that we talked about, a lot of these safeguards, a lot of the dangers are things you're already avoiding and applying because you're just kind of in an environment that does that normally. So if, if the rules are scary, if all those things are overwhelming, ignore them and keep in step with good sound patterns that you've learned from beforehand. Now, on the other side of that, it is helpful for the furthering of your education and for the bettering of your practice of hermeneutics to actually learn and apply these rules. That'll, that'll make you better at hermeneutics in the same way that knowing how the English language works allows you to better employ the English language, but you should not um, get discouraged by all of you know the rules and, and things like that. So on a practical level, how do you go from, let's say, walking in tonight, learning all these things, and then going out uh, and starting to apply some of them? So the first thing is, um, let's say the foundational step is regularly read scripture consistently on a daily basis. That is the best thing that you can do when it comes to applying all of these hermeneutics. And the reason that safeguard is so important is because if you're immersed in scripture and you read scripture like you read any other book, and I'm not saying scripture is any other book, but I'm saying if you read it like you read any other book, you're going to just on accident and by the fact that you know how to communicate in language, you're gonna pick up on the main ideas, you're gonna pick up on the arguments of authors, you're gonna pick up on their meaning and you're gonna pick up on generally how to apply those things. And you're gonna be pretty well adept at any text, any genre, any, any literature that you're gonna face in scripture just by simply reading it. And if you're going, okay, well, what if I've read one translation for my whole life or what if I've never read before? You know, where do I start? Read the whole thing, uh, read it in you know, an ESV translation, read it in NIV, read it in KJV if you wanna really get a robust sense of English. Uh, just, just read it, read any translation you want, read it a bunch of times. That will give you a grounding to where uh, you can then start referencing, okay, this is an idea I see here, maybe it's referenced over here, elsewhere. And this is not something you have to build overnight. So you can start just by reading. Uh, the, if you've never read before, or if you're, if you're looking at these things and you're going, okay, how do I safely read my Bible? The, the first safeguard is to not try to read deeply and try to ascertain meaning from a text that you're really pressing the text for. The first way to safeguard your reading is to read broadly and read quickly through the text. That is the first kind of like layer of interpretation. So for example, um, if you were to ask BC, you know, as he was trying to understand 1 John, what was the first thing he did? Uh, the first thing is just read 1 John through five, six, seven, 12 times. And by the time you're on the 12th time, 
stuff that didn't make sense the first time or the second time or the fifth time is starting to come together. It's starting to fall in its place, right? We want to read all scripture like that. So if you've never read through the Bible before, read through it and then read through it again and then read through it again. And the whole time, don't try to ask too many hard questions of the text. Don't press into too many of the confusing parts. Just read it and get a sense for like where you're at in the world. Then, you know, uh, then when, you, when you're well adept at the environment and the situation, then you can start to read more carefully. You can zone into specific texts, maybe texts that you're interested in before, t foundational texts such as Genesis 1 and 2, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 53, texts that kind of frame Christian understanding. Um, and then you read those carefully. Um, you read them in their context as the author intends them. And you follow some of these principles we've laid out before. But you're doing that in context of broad understanding of Scripture. And you cannot, if you go narrow before you have a broad understanding, that would be a very foolish and uh, an easy way to get yourself caught in the weeds of something that you're not really familiar with. So read, read broadly. And then once you've read broadly for a long period of time, then you can start reading carefully. Uh, this whole time, uh, you know, I, I said just kind of read as it's intuitive to you to read and understand. Once you get into the more like deep dive stuff, then, you know, you take your intuitive understanding, you try to bring some of those subconscious thoughts to the forefront of your mind, such as, okay, who is this author that's writing? Kind of remind yourself of that. Okay, who is his audience? Uh, who is the people that would be receiving this? Uh, and then what is his argument from beginning to end of this book, right? What, what is he trying to say? That whole thing is something you're starting to apply or bringing to the forefront of your mind only after you've kind of broadly and generally started reading something. Where you might have noticed this earlier, but all of those uh, dangers that we were mentioning in, in the second session, most of them occur when you try to press one verse or one word too hard and try to make it mean something that it doesn't mean. Or you read too much into the context and you misunderstand what the context is saying. All of those dangers are things that happen by smart people. They rarely happen by Christians who just kind of plainly read their Bibles and, uh, and just, you know, kind of take it at face value. So be, be assured that a lot of the dangers occur the deeper you press into scholarship, not by uh, just simply reading your Bible and taking it at face value. If we read it like we read anything else, most of those things would never occur. Um, the other thing to mention with this is uh, as you're applying hermeneutics, you're reading scripture, uh, frequency is greater than quantity when it comes to learning scripture. So that means it's better to read uh, five minutes a day every single day than it is to take one day, or I said one day a month, and you read four hours on that day, and then you're just like, I'm burnt out, and you just skip the next 29 days, and then you kind of restart again. It's better to just read little bits consistently and do that you know, over and over and over again. That will keep you immersed in the text better than one deep dive you know, once a month or once every six months. So it's better to have frequency than, than quantity. And again, it's better to read quickly than it is to read deeply, at least at first, because it gives you a general sense of what's going on. Then, uh, you know, you, let's say you've laid out all these things. Then, you know, how do you continue to sharpen this skill? Well, if you're reading consistently the Bible, if you're reading it broadly and then you're starting to read more carefully, now you might be going, okay, I need uh, maybe some good resources or some good helps to pick up. Um, we live in an age where you might be first to pick up a resource instead of, uh, instead of just thinking through something and sitting on it for a while. So it might be best when you first want to look up a resource just to sit on it and think about it and maybe read again and again and again. But when you come to the point of resources, uh, a few good solid resources are better than an army of resources that are questionable. So it's better, for example, to have you know, one go-to scholar that you're like, this person's at least consistent, I can trust them and they're pretty reliable when it comes to important things. Maybe I can trust them on this thing as well. It's better to have one or two people like that 
than it is to have you know a whole library of books, all of which are questionably authored and uh, variable in terms of quality. So it's better to, to know go-to resources than it is to have you know a whole library of stuff. The reason I say that is because finding good resources is pretty cheap, and most of the good ones, by God's grace, are done freely by the generosity of, of Christians. So there will be ministries where they'll have uh, members donate to the ministries, such as Ligonier Ministries, and they produce a whole corpus of stuff that's available for free. And you can get yourself pretty darn close to a seminary education just by watching their videos and paying attention to them. And so, and they have devotionals on books of the Bible. Like there's just, so that's a free resource that comes highly recommended. And it's only one, you don't even have to pay for it. And you don't have to, you know, it's one good friend. That would be a good friend that I would recommend. Um, so those, those things are helpful. Uh, the other resource, uh, which is, uh, as BC was mentioning with First John, um, your local church as a resource to you is something that you want to be involved in and relying on regularly. So that means, you know, for most of us, that means uh, asking tough questions to people who you converse with regularly, probably people you talk to regularly about matters of faith and life, uh, you know, people who go to your church. Uh, and secondly, uh, whoever your pastor is, that is the person who you want to ask questions to, right? You, before you Google things and, and read some, someone's whole body of work on a specific topic without ever having brought it to light, now you're you know, maybe secretly deconstructing your faith because of some textual issue that you bumped into. You wanna first bring that question or bring that problem to the light of uh, your people who you trust and the local church and pr preferably your pastor whom you know that would be a, a first line of defense of something that you could go and, or even shoot off a text like, I have a question on this thing or this text. Can you explain that to me further? Um, the reason that you want to be relying on people in your church and, uh, and pastors who've studied these things is not because they're infallible, but because all of the things listed above, you know, reading, reading broadly, reading carefully, those are things that, you know, hopefully at that point in life, they've been doing regularly, right? Mature Christians should have been doing those things already. So as an immature Christian or someone who maybe doesn't know their Bible that well, you want to just kind of bounce off of that and trust that at some point you might get there, but for now you're going to admit that, you know, you're a little lost and you need help from someone else. So these are all just like kind of very practical things, uh, studying in community, asking questions of the text. Um, and then uh, maybe another free source uh, to get information from, uh, but I would say is a supplementary source besides the local church and primary feasting on scripture. Uh, you wanna supplement with sermons or books from authors that are trustworthy. So this is not a primary resource. And the reason I, dis I distinguish between them is uh, listening to sermons from uh, a great pastor like Alistair Begg is a wonderful supplement to personal study of the word and attending faithfully a local church where the Bible is preached it in no way can supplant either of those things. So there are great free resources out there. They are none of them uh, things that can replace your regular feasting on scripture and your regular involvement in church. All of these are supplements and things that can help you, but cannot replace those things. Um, and then probably the, the last thing to say with, in terms of refining all of these skills, uh, you know, this has been a very practical. Uh, one of the books that are on this topic, by the time I was done with the book, I was kind of like, well, there's a lot of information in this book, a lot of things to apply, a lot of things that I need to learn from. Um, and then the author has this little uh, like kind of closing note at the end. And uh, he has this quote, um, and keep in mind, this is a book that he's talking about, but I think the quote is very helpful. He says this, this book is like a cellophane wrapper. I have spent a lot of time talking about the Bible, but unless you, the reader, actually pick up God's word and savor it for yourself, this bland wrapper of a book will be soon forgotten. 
And so he's, he's just talking about the fact that all of, you know, what he has just written, which is a masterful work of, you know, several hundred pages on uh, hermeneutics and how to interpret scripture. He's basically saying, I've talked a lot about scripture. I've talked a lot around the idea of scripture. Um, but unless you, reader, go yourself and pick it up and apply these things and get messy with it, uh, you are going to forget everything in this book. It's going to fall on you and it's not going to help you or benefit you in any way. So if you leave with nothing else, uh, the first thing that I said in this session is the most important thing. Regularly immerse yourself in the reading of God's word and that will generally safeguard you from a whole host of the stuff that we've talked about tonight. And then, uh, you know, if you're more curious and you want to dive into these things more, then you can start, you know, applying some of these ideas of audience and argument and those things. But first primary is make sure you're in God's word on a regular basis. That is the chief of all these safeguards. Um, so with that, I will close uh, for maybe final questions and or snacks. So.